the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you today. Lots happening today as the Supremes bring out the big guns or the handguns or whatever gun you want to bring out and maybe carry that on your hip. Are you going to do that? We'll talk about that here in just a second and try to give some clarity of what the Supremes actually decided today and what it means or what it could mean or what it doesn't mean. I think um, lots of these things come out once in a while and uh, everybody goes a little crazy and they say a bunch of stuff and then it doesn't mean what it actually means. So we want to be clear about that. That's what we do in our program. It's great to be with you every day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5, Southern California Live. You can give me a call and join the conversation. Just call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. That's 888-LA-TALKS if you want to remember that. You can also... Send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, so there's a lot happening that happens in June typically when the Supreme Court brings out their their decisions. Most of these cases were argued sometime in the fall or early winter and uh, sometimes later in the term, and then they take some time to put out these decisions. Occasionally they put out decisions during the their term, but their term ends on Sunday officially, Maybe they go over a couple of days, that happens. And sometimes, like this year, there are major anticipated cases. And maybe you don't normally pay attention to those things. I can understand that. It's kind of uh, wonky, you know, a lot of the different things. But there are a couple of really big cases. They still have not given their final decision on what is known as the Dobbs case. It's the abortion case where they are expected to overturn Roe versus Wade. But um, that will be the case if the leaked Alito decision that came out a couple of months ago, turns out to be true. And that could happen at any time. That might happen tomorrow or it may happen at some point next week. So we'll be catching up with that once that happens, once that's decided. But another big case was decided today about guns and a lot of, a lot of things going on in legislation about guns right now. The United States Senate, I think they're still meeting. They may actually pass a uh, gun, their version of the House's gun control measures with some changes. They're pretty, they're pretty light. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. I'll just keep an eye on it to see if uh, something has changed there. But I think the big case is the case where a New York law was overturned that required people who were applying for a concealed carry permit uh, to basically show necessary cause. Like, why do you need that? Like, it's not good enough. In most states, in 44 states, it is good enough for you to apply for it because you believe you are threatened and you believe you have a reason, but you don't have to prove it. You don't have to convince a bureaucrat or somebody that your your fear is rational. You do have to go through background checks and lots of different things that you have to do. Six states, California would be one of them, New York is another, um, have a clause that basically lets the government decide whether or not you can have one. And that's been the case for a long time, but it changed. This law in New York has been there for 100 years. And I think it's changing because people's attitude has changed, meaning that it used to be there and there was a little more reasonableness or maybe trust, I should say, in government. 
that people aren't going to be political about it, that whichever party is in power, they're not going to keep you from carrying a gun because of a political motivation. It might have been put in place because they really do want to make sure that you are doing it for some reason. But I think that has left us in 100 years. And the concern is, is that some governments, some peoples for political reasons will just deny anybody having a concealed weapon permit for political reasons, even if that person desperately really needs it for self-defense. Um, most states don't have that. Most states you apply for it and uh, there's not some extra step you have to take. So the, in a six to three ruling, Justice Clarence Thomas writing for the majority uh, basically said that the right to keep to bear arms protects the broad right to carry a handgun, handgun specifically, outside the home for self-defense. So if you read through it, there's a whole lot in there about the idea that to keep and bear arms doesn't mean just inside your home, that the whole idea is you might be confronted or need to protect yourself outside the home, and therefore you should be able to do that. And that's a big piece of it. But And then if you read the decisions and the the corroborating decisions written by Roberts and Alito, it makes something very, very clear. It makes it clear that Alito stressed, quote, he said this, this case decides nothing about who may lawfully possess a firearm or the requirements that it must be met to buy a gun, nor does it decide anything about the kind of weapons that people may possess. So what he's pointing out is that, and this might be different than a lot of the stuff you're hearing, because I've heard all kinds of uh, comment all over the place, kind of left and right too. Some of the right people thinking, oh, now I can just go out and get my and carry my gun anyway, anywhere. No, it doesn't mean that. I think that's kind of where things are headed. And that's a question I would ask you. I think, personally, I think that where we're headed in this country is that people will be wearing guns on their hip, kind of like the old West, right? That we're going to go back to that. I think that is, and that's already the case in some States where some people do that question I would have is, do you feel safe when you're around somebody who's got a gun on their hip? If you just went out to eat and there's just people sitting around with, uh, with guns on their hips, uh, you know, visible, there's, there are people, by the way, everywhere you go, that's got a concealed weapon. I mean, there's people doing that, not legally all the time. I promise you that's true, but um, it will. It, once it becomes legal, if it does, then uh, you're going to see a lot. Does that make you nervous? How do you feel about that? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven triple eight five two eight two five five seven. What I want to do is show you just kind of some things that are being said because there's so much politics about uh, guns. And um, well, this is the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul. This was her response today. Play clip number one. Shocking. Absolutely shocking that they have taken away our right to have reasonable restrictions. We can have restrictions on speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. But somehow there's no restrictions allowed on the Second Amendment. Nothing in that statement actually is accurate in the sense of what this case means or what they decided. Uh, first of all, it's not shocking. That's the first word she used. This is not shocking. This was the expected decision. And I think it came to, it did come down on ideological lines, but this was the expected decision. When this decision came out, I don't think that anybody, at least people who are watching the court, people who are paying attention, which I know is not a lot of us. I mean, how many of you are subscribers to the SCOTUS blog and things like that? Well, I am, but that's part of my business. But most of us aren't. But this is not really shocking. This is what people thought was going to happen. So it's not shocking, number one. Secondly, play this clip again. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to something that she says here that I think is really kind of incredible. And ask yourself this, what rights, whose rights is she referring to? Play that clip again. Shocking 
absolutely shocking that they have taken away our right to have reasonable restrictions. We can have restrictions on speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. But somehow there's no restrictions allowed on the Second Amendment. Um, Whose rights? Because the Second Amendment guarantees an individual's right to keep and bear arms. And there's nothing in there. Other, you know, it does say well-regulated militia, but when she says our rights, um, our rights to meaning the government's rights, is that what she means? And that's that's a place where I would go with this, is that when you say our rights are being taken away from us in this case, you are saying is it the government's rights to regulate? Is it the government's rights to, in this case specifically? Now, there's clearly – even the Supreme Court, even in today's decision, clearly indicates that the government does have the power. I wouldn't say right. It's the wrong word, but power to regulate, to have background checks and to have, you know, they might make you, if you're going to have a concealed weapon permit, to go to a class, a shooting class, a gun safety class. They might have the power to uh, make you wait a period of time to make to even limit the type of guns that you could carry. That's very clearly in the decision today that, that those things um, still are powers that the government has. It was interesting to me that she said our rights. And what can, what always bothers me is when the government is holding on to rights and not the individuals. And that's a big piece of where people might disagree on this. Other things she said there that just aren't, aren't right. Um, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Actually, if there is a fire, you can yell fire in a crowded theater. It's not that you can't yell fire ever in a crowded theater. It's that you can't yell fire if there's no fire in order to create a disturbance because people would stampede out of there and a bunch of people would get hurt. Right? That's the whole idea behind that. Today, it might, you might, if you were to say that today, you might say you can't yell, you know, active shooter or somebody shooting in a crowded theater or crowded room because people would panic and they would rush out and they would stomp on each other. People would get hurt. But if there really was a shooter, you should be shouting that. People should be getting out of there or attacking the shooter or, you know, there's – it's not true that you – know, rights definitely have their limits, but it's not uh, the way she's saying it. It's not the same thing here. Uh, and um, play that clip one more time. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Shocking. That they have taken away our right to have Who's... reasonable restrictions. We can have restrictions on speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can if there's a fire. But somehow there's no restrictions allowed on the Second Amendment. And that's the last part that's not true. Not at all true. They did not take away all restrictions on the Second Amendment. In fact, they wrote explicitly that you can have restrictions, that those things are very, very clear. And what gets me about this is it's the politics that I think this is one of the reasons that we have such a hard time sort of dealing with issues like this that are divisive where we have serious problems in our country with gun violence in this particular area, but even other areas where we disagree, where government officials come out with fringe things to say like this that are completely not accurate. Nothing in that first statement that she said is is a correct way of looking at this case. There was another case that the Supremes decided today that said that somebody um, cannot sue a police officer if a police officer fails to give you your Miranda rights. You have the right to remain silent and so forth. That's your Miranda rights. 
and then they use that evidence against you in court. So you said something that uh, you you confessed to the sin to the to the sin maybe you confessed to the crime before you are read your rights, and then somebody comes later and reads your rights. But then whatever you said before your rights were in this case something that somebody said before the rights were read to him was used against him in court. Now, this person won his case in court. Now he wants to sue the police officer who didn't read the rights. Court says, no, you can't sue the police officer. It's not really the police officer's fault that uh, the prosecutor decided to use that evidence, okay? It's, it's just, well, that turned into a whole bunch of people saying today, Miranda rights are gone. You don't have the rights. You don't have to read it. It had nothing to do with that. It's just you're probably not even hearing anything about that now at this point of time during the day because that was a crazy response. That's not what the court said. Similar here, uh, the court is not saying that the government cannot uh, put some kind of regulations on gun ownership, not saying that at all. Samuel Alito said in his concurring decision, this decides nothing about who may lawfully possess a firearm or the requirements that must be met to buy a gun, nor does it decide anything about the kind of weapons that people may possess. So it's actually a very narrow decision. The decision is basically saying that the government um, cannot have a law that requires you to show proper cause for getting a concealed carry permit. So proper cause, the way New York was interpreting that phrase is to require applicants to show more than just a desire to protect themselves or their property, that people who are applying for a concealed carry permit that they have to demonstrate a special need for self-defense. Okay, so the the uh, the, the states that require that are California, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, and New Jersey. Now, all of the other um, states do not require that, just those six states. Uh, many cities do require that. So it does affect a lot of cities around the country where a lot of cities and urban areas do require you, if you want a concealed carry permit, to to show proper cause. To, it's not enough to go in and say, my life is threatened, and my life is threatened by you know an ex-spouse or an ex-boyfriend, or my life is being threatened by... Um, you know, whatever reason that you think you've got to be concerned enough that you feel like you need to carry a firearm, uh, in most states, you that concern that you have is enough. The state will hear that and the state will make you go through whatever process it is to get that. Not true in California, in New York. That has been thrown out and that will affect things here in California for sure. 888-528-2557. If you want to join in, share your thoughts about this issue, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And what we want to do is get down to what this decision really said and try to get through some of the the hooey that is around there. Um, And the whole idea about no restrictions, we just have to, you know, in the in the shadow of restrictions being considered in the Senate as we speak. Uh, It's just not what it said. And some of you are going to be for some of these restrictions. Maybe we'll talk about them a little bit later here. Some of you are against them. That's okay. But to say that you can't have them is not what the court said. Am I making that clear? I think it's important that all of us, but and for those of us who are believers, the reason it's important to be right about this is because you end up in conversations about this. And above the gun issue or all the issue is your credibility with people who especially you are in a discipleship relationship with, whether you know you're in one or not. See, if you're a believer, you've got non-believers around you. You are in a relationship with them as an ambassador of Christ. And I'm not sure that, that being an ambassador of Christ requires you to have a particular opinion about guns, but it does require you to, I believe, try to be truthful about 
the reasons you have your opinion or the reasons that are being discussed in the court, because I think it gives you some credibility. It makes you that person, that person in your office, that person in your school, that person who, when somebody really has questions, I don't know what to do about this, or they have a crisis and they need someone to talk to. When you are the one who is the the reasonable one and you try hard to be reasonable about non-spiritual issues even, about non-religious issues, just about things going on in the world, you become the one they come to. See, this this kind of thing, the reason it matters, first of all, we we need to be truthful in all that we're doing. It certainly matters for citizens. I think we need to hear from politicians when they say stuff that's just not at all correct and be able to hold them accountable, you know, to be able to say that's not correct. Politicians need the ability to turn around and say, you know what, I got this wrong. You know, and I haven't seen that she did that, but I could see where maybe she, the governor of New York, did um, maybe because she was so totally off. But uh, I have not seen that yet. But I think that the voters of New York should take note. Hey, our governor is saying something. Uh, play clip number two. She continued with uh, this part of her uh, speech this morning. And I'm sorry this dark day has come. They were supposed to go back to what was in place. Since 1788, when the Constitution of the United States of America was ratified. And I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at the time were muskets. I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they envision the high-capacity assault weapon magazines intended for battlefields as being covered from it. But I guess we're just going to have to disagree. Well, that's why they're the Supreme Court and you're the governor, is you're going to have to disagree. Supreme Court, they decide. It is when the Supreme Court says something is constitutional, then it is constitutional until the Supreme Court undecides it's constitutional. When the Supreme Court said that abortion is constitutional, it is, even though I would say that was a terrible decision. And and tomorrow or next week, if they say that uh, abortion decisions should be made by the states and that that becomes what's constitutional. So people on the left are going to say they're taking away my constitutional right. Um, but people on the right are going to say, no, they gave you back your constitutional right. Whatever the Supreme Court says is constitutional for me, just from a practical standpoint. That's the law of the land, whether they get it right or wrong. And they have gotten it wrong before. All right, slavery should never have been constitutional, but it was for a while. There are all kinds of ways that the court can get things wrong, but the court is the court. And the things that she's saying about the muskets and stuff, we don't actually know what the founding fathers would have thought. The founding fathers were were definitely about making sure that the citizenry was in a position to not be put into um, oversight by a tyrannical government. And the right to bear arms, the reason it's amendment number two is it was that much on their mind when they were writing those amendments. The individual freedoms to bear arms. And yes, maybe for modern language, the Second Amendment can be, you know, could have been written a little better. But back then it it made perfect sense. And the reason the courts usually, uh, even liberal courts, uh, usually find in favor somewhat of the Second Amendment, meaning individual right to bear arms, is because other writings of the Founding Fathers indicate that's clearly what they meant. But they're talking about you have a right to bear arms. Yes, Maybe they were thinking muskets. The president likes to say uh, that they would not have allowed you to have cannons. That's actually not true. You could have had a cannon. And uh, the Washington Post keeps giving uh, President Biden four Pinocchios, like their biggest liar rating uh, about the whole cannon thing. You could own a cannon. 
and you could own other weapons of war. In fact, uh, back then, the difference is the government kind of wanted you to because if they had to go to war, the government didn't necessarily own them, and the government would need to come and, and get you to get on board and let them borrow your cannon. Anybody got a cannon in their backyard? Anybody? Uh, I hope you're not like firing it like that guy on Mary Poppins because it probably disrupts the neighborhood, probably against your HOA regulations to fire off a cannon. I would think. You never know. In fact, I think I'm going to join my HOA just to put that in there, just the, the Mary Poppins clause. Uh, you, if you don't know what I mean, just go watch Mary Poppins. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Question I have, and where I do think that this is going, is when we think about where all of this leads. So that's a it's a slippery slope for different people. Some people do believe that later any restrictions on guns might be taken away. I don't think that that's true. I think some might be. I do think the mood in the country, and we're seeing this in the in the Congress right now, is to attach some things, um, but we'll see. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We're going to take a break in a moment. Another Supreme Court case that is bound to hit is uh, about abortion. It will come tomorrow morning or it will come sometime next week, probably at the latest. There's, uh, they always try to be done, done before the 4th of July weekend. So next week we will know one way or the other. But that is going to alter or impact our conversation on abortion in our country. And I want to let you know something. If you go to our radio website, kkla.com, or if you go to kprz.com, if you're in San Diego, if you're listening on KKLA, go to kkla.com. There is a new film out there that's going to ask the question about uh, abortion. And it will help you with some of the discussion that you might have. It's called The Matter of Life. And it is a must-watch, on-demand movie that unravels the complexities of the abortion issue through science. And I think that will really help you. You can watch the trailer right now at kkla.com or kprz.com. And just, or if you can't find it, just put in the keyword matter. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you on this Thursday afternoon. Good to see all of you, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, Supremes are putting out their decisions, and uh, so we've been talking about that. By the way, I wanted to uh, say a big thank you to all of you who participated in our Food for the Poor fundraising programs the last couple of days for Ukraine, and um, there's so much going on in Ukraine. That's going to be a big story for a long time. I know it's out of the headlines and it's dropped out, and but uh, we need to pay attention to that. We need to pay attention. Um, it could become the story once again if um, that war expands outside of the borders of Ukraine. And um, there's a lot of bad stuff happening over there. But we thank you for taking care of those people and for uh, feeding them through uh, this program uh, and if you still want to do that, participate, you can go to kkla.com and click on the uh, Food for the Poor Help Ukraine banner. I think it's still up there. You can check that out. All right, back to uh, the Supremes. And uh, and just to tell you where I do think this is going, I do think, and I've been saying this for years, that we are headed back to a time when people are going to carry guns more more often that it will not be uncommon at all in any state, in any city, to go outside and lots of people just have a gun that they're wearing. Um, probably not rifles, not semi-automatic weapons, not 
you know, AR-15s, all those kinds of things. Those There will probably always be discussions about laws about those and what are those for. But I think, this is where I think the country's going. I think we're going back to that. Uh, and when I say back to it, I mean like like the Old West. I don't know that we're going to have duels in the street like High Noon, you know, uh, I don't know that we're going to have, uh, you know, Alexander Hamilton shooting somebody uh, in the street or a vice president. I guess President uh, Vice President Cheney shot a guy. Uh, he's the last uh, vice president who actually shot somebody on a hunting trip. Uh, supposedly it was an accident. No, it was an accident. I know it's just a funny story. Uh, the vice president shot a guy. Um, don't go hunting with Dick Cheney. I guess that was the uh, the rule there. But I think that's where we're going to be. I'm wondering what you think about that. Is that a world that you would feel comfortable in? Is that a world where the mayor of um, of Chicago said today it is automatically threatening if somebody has a gun for any reason, that it is a threat? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I worry a lot about... Our countries, you know, we can get into the debate about the laws and what does the Second Amendment mean and what our rights could be, all of that. I get worried that, like a lot of our rights, we're abusing them. Because I think when we go back to uh, the Old West, and I'm, I'm, I didn't live there, right? I'm thinking about it, though, from, from history, and a lot more people are having guns. You know, there were certainly shootings going on. But I also think there was a society that dealt with things better from a moral perspective, where we had a higher, a higher view of why we don't shoot our neighbor. And I look at road rage, and I'm, I imagine most of us have witnessed road rage. Hopefully you haven't participated in it, especially if you've got you know, big fish in the back of your car or something. But you know, I've seen people do crazy things on the freeways that endanger lives, their own lives or the life of the person they're chasing after or anybody else who might be around. And I wonder, and you know, these are, these are concerns I have about proliferation of, of more guns or everybody's just got one with them. Are people just going to shoot other drivers because they cut them off? You know, I would say that in history, no, we wouldn't do that. But are we the same nation today? that we used to be? Do we have a moral center or control of ourselves in such a way that we could not do that? And I think that's where a lot of people's concerns are, right? As we talk about guns and, um, you know, different things, I, I get concerned about some of the states that have open carry laws, the accidental shootings go up. So I'm not even talking about road rage. I'm talking about accidental shootings and kids, uh, finding dad's guns, finding um, whatever, uh, people getting shot by police because they've got a toy gun or something, but it's dark and the light isn't very good. And, you know, if you're an officer and somebody's pointing something at you that looks like a gun, you know, you're probably going to fire. And, you know, even the little the toy guns we have now with the little orange things on them, did that, does that work? You know, in the dark, I'm not sure that it does. I used to have a cap gun as a kid and it, it was this sort of ivory-handled, you know, revolver and it was incredible. It looked like a real gun. I mean, it looked like something Clint Eastwood would be uh, whipping around in uh, one of those old movies. And I had it sitting on a fireplace one time. And we had somebody over to the house. And my mom said that the whole time these people were at the house, the husband there, his name was Dan, if I remember, he kept looking over at the fireplace the whole time. And before they left, 
he stopped and he was just pretty upset. And he goes, you know, you really should not have a weapon just sitting out like that. And my mom said, what? And that thing looked so much like a real gun and he was a gun guy, right? So he knew, uh, he didn't go over and pick it up or look closely at it. He would have been able to tell, I think right away. But, um, uh, you know, I, the, it's so fascinating, I think, as a kid to uh, to have a gun, even a toy gun. And when the real guns are around, if we're not locking them up, if we're not careful, this is what happens. Kids get in a lot of trouble. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Martha from Northridge, welcome to Southern California Live. Well, good afternoon. Hi, Martha. Hi. You know, you asked the question, would we feel um, less safe? If yeah. Everybody had a gun, and yes, I would certainly be afraid if everybody had a gun because there is just so much hate and anger, and everybody wants it their way. So mm-hmm. uh, we already have shootings on freeways with road rage. What's yeah. it going to be like if guns are allowed and we all get to have them? You know, people are so angry they'll just shoot you if you don't look at them the right way. Yeah, I worry so, about uh, that. Yeah, I, would, I worry absolutely. about that for sure. Now, when you go out, if you happen to see somebody with a gun, uh, does it affect you or do you worry about it or do you not care? I mean, we don't see that a lot in California. Oh, I, but Yeah, I would certainly worry about it. Absolutely. I would be, it would make me more fearful and want to move away from that person and turn around and go the opposite direction. Yeah, because you, you don't really know why. And and I'm wondering, here's what I'm exactly. wondering. I'm wondering if everybody has a gun, if that feeling would go away since there's nowhere else to go, you're going to stand by somebody else who has a gun. It's a, it's oh, a very no. No, odd <laughs> odd thing. So you wouldn't carry a yeah, gun then in this case, or would you? Oh, no. No, I always would say I would never, I could never have a gun only because if I did, the robber would come in and take it away from me and shoot me with it, you know. <laughs> Because I don't think I could shoot somebody. Well, you know what? That's a really good point. Thank you for your call, Martha. Everybody I know, police officers and other people, even gun advocates, they always want to say, do you really think you could shoot somebody? Like the actual act of doing that. Uh, It's not some cool thing. It's not something that you're going to get over emotionally. If you shot or even somebody broke into your house, you, you have a right to do that. You might need to do that to protect yourself. But if you did that, yes. it's very hard to get over. It's not like the movies. Absolutely. Uh, and people Absolutely. need to think about that kind of thing. All right, uh, Martha, yeah. thank you very much for your call. Okay. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And I was asking the question, if everybody's carrying a gun, how would you feel? Or if in California we started to have open carry laws, how would you feel about it? Does that make you nervous or does that make you more comfortable? Would it? Would you, if you don't have a gun now, would you carry it public? Or if you do have one, is that something that you would look forward to doing? Uh, 888-528-2557. I don't think it's just a theoretical question. You know, I've been in, in Arizona. I've been in Texas where I've seen people carry guns in public. And you, you kind of do this little double check. And for me, I look them up and down and go, okay, you're not in here to rob the store. I was in a uh, a place in Arizona. I'm not even sure what Arizona's laws are, but there was a guy carrying uh, semi-automatic weapons over his shoulder. I'm not even sure that that's legal, but he was. Uh, we were just at a uh, gas station in the mini mart there, and you know, and it was during COVID, so the guy, uh, you know, 
at first he had a he had a mask on inside the store. I thought, you know, and other times during the uh, before the COVID, you would definitely be robbing the place with the mask on and the guns out. But he was just buying Twinkies, buying some gas, some Twinkies. He went in there, bought his stuff, and then he left. And uh, you know, maybe he felt threatened by uh, by it wasn't a it wasn't a it's a weird place out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I don't know. It's a, it is something I'm just curious to what people are going to feel. Would it make you, does it make you nervous that there might be people at your church who are carrying guns at church? That's one of the questions that is a part of this discussion is what are the sensitive areas where you would not be allowed to have guns? Uh, you can't bring a gun into court or into a courthouse. You can't do that now. You can't bring a gun into a lot of federal buildings. You can't bring a gun into schools. Uh, some of what's part of this uh, gun law might help fund schools to put up metal detectors and things like that. There will certainly be spaces where people would not be allowed to have guns, and the Supremes made it clear that that, that would be legal and upheld. But I, I, church usually isn't on that list. You know, does everybody come to church? What if they, uh, what if they don't like what the pastor's saying up there, you know? And uh, the pastor says... Uh, you know what, uh, I've decided that uh, I'm a three-point Calvinist and not a five-point Calvinist. Does he get shot for that? How does that work? 888-528-2557. I don't think you should bring guns to your church meeting. Just a thought there about uh, church meetings. That would be a place where I would say, nope, no guns at the uh, the church meeting, you know, because you're going to have a heated discussion about the drums or about the choir or about the carpet or about you know, why do we have the same Costco sandwich at every single church event? I had somebody get really, we had somebody who was like catering, catering these uh, church lunches and she was doing it for free, kind of donating it for the whole church. Cost her a lot of money, but she was pleased to do it. It was her gift. And I would, I would, yes, it was kind of the same thing every time. But boy, I had some people all upset about that. I'm like, you're complaining about a free lunch that A, tastes good, B, is free to you and the church, not free to the person making it, but you're tired of it because it was the same thing three times in a row? I don't know, but, uh, you know, she didn't shoot me. That's good. Uh, 888-528-2557. I see your calls on there, and I will get to your calls as soon as we get back from the break. I'm asking the question, how would you feel if uh, people are wearing guns, or if you knew even that uh, maybe concealed and carry becomes more of a popular thing, and you don't really know, but everybody you're looking at, you know, they've got a little uh, bump in their jacket, uh, or maybe you get an opportunity to see it, or the ladies are buying the, you could buy a purse, you know, that you can put a gun right in the side of it. I used to know a lady who, she kept a thirty-eight in her purse, but it was this huge bag, and she was just loose in there in the bottom. And I said to her one time, I said, so if you get mugged, are you going to tell the thief, hold on just a minute while I dig through this thing and find my uh, my 38 so I can shoot you? How's that going to work? I don't know. Um, I bet that happens a lot out there. 888-528-2557. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. We'll be back for your calls in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. Responding to uh, the gun conversation, Supreme Court ruling today. And I propose the question, how would you feel if at one point more and more people are carrying guns in public, either right on their hip or maybe you just, you just happen to have the the 
the belief, accurately so, that a lot of people are concealing a weapon with them. I think there's a lot of people who have them already illegally, um, but those could become illegal. And, uh, you know, how would you feel about that? Just, uh, you know, kind of not are you left or right on whether or not that should be, but what if that becomes the case? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Joy in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Joy. Thanks for holding on. You're, you're live on our program. Hi there. Hi, Joy. Go ahead. Um, hi. Uh, yeah, my thought on, on, you know, having guns like that um, where everybody can have them for whatever uh, whatever they want to say, you know, for protection or what have you, I think it's just scary. It's pure madness. Uh, for one thing, law enforcement should be the ones that should carry guns, and yet you know, they make mistakes with, with mm-hmm. weapons also, you know. So when yeah. you think about guns being in the hands of regular civilians and people are just jumping on edge with their nerves being short, um, maybe because they had a bad day, um, that could be pretty scary. What about people who don't want to have guns or carry guns? You know, they could be at risk where, you know, they're vulnerable and other people will take advantage of that. The other big concern I see is that children will have easy, quick access to guns mm-hmm. with something like this. So it's it's very scary. It's dangerous. It's chaotic. And I just think it's 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 madness, you know, wow. and it just it, it I feel like it's almost like a setup to where it makes it that quick for people to turn against each other. And, and I really don't think that's the answer. Yeah, I hope that that's not. Uh, I you know I hope that what I'm saying isn't really the case that we all feel the need to do that. Uh, but uh, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much, Joy. Uh, Richard from Riverside, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to disagree with the lady, uh, just previous caller. Um, we we have the Second Amendment right. I mean, it's, it's, as far as. Uh, you know, uh, law-abiding citizens, uh, they're allowed to have guns now. Mm-hmm. Anybody who wants one, I mean, they, they're able to go and get them. Um, whether they can open, you know, we can't open carry in this state. You can in uh, Arizona, and I think there's a few others. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're allowed to go and get guns as long as we're not, we, we're not felons, and I don't think anything will change that. Um, I, I really don't see where it's going to make a big difference. Do you and, feel like, uh, what do you think we should do? Let's say that uh, that is the direction of our country where everywhere is open carry and most Americans are law-abiding and have gone through whatever process is there to have their, their gun. And what would we need to do to prevent uh, kids from accidentally shooting themselves or uh, minors from uh, you know getting dad's gun and doing something stupid with it? Uh, or just people being mad at each other on the freeway? Well, I, I believe it's still the same as it is today. You've got to be responsible, a gun owner. Yeah. Um, there are laws as far as, you know, safe, keeping safe uh, guns uh, safe in the house. I don't think that's going to change. If you can open carry and it's on your person, then you're responsible for it. Um, I, I suppose you're right. The more the more people that have them, 
the more incidents there will be. There, there will be people who are that make mistakes or people that are just plain irresponsible. Um, I, you know, I really don't know just how, how much it'll change. The, uh, the thing you, you alluded to was the uh, carrying them in church. I know in my church we probably have three or four police officers, uh-huh. um, border guards, whatever, and, and I, I know for a fact that a couple of them carry in church. Yeah, and it makes me feel better actually. Mm-hmm. And they they actually sit strate- strategically in in the corners where they have line of sight at the the entrances. Yeah, um, just in case you know, with the growing hostility towards uh, you know the pro life movement and, and you know and and uh, you know God and, and Christians in general. It, well, and we've seen an increase it, in uh, church shootings. Obviously, yeah. There was just a, well, not long ago there was a church shooting that was. Uh, well, it was thwarted by a parishioner that had it that was armed. It was That's like right. Just like maybe two years ago, and uh, so um, I think I don't know. People need I think, to be more responsible. Yeah, I think a big piece of it, Richard. Thank you for your call. I think a big piece of all of this too is: are we mature enough as adults to be responsible? You know, if that is the the right that we have, you know, what I think. Back in the day when everybody had a gun, there was less police. There was, you know, maybe a a different sense of uh, having a weapon, Uh, but there certainly were accidental shootings and on-purpose shootings and people drink too much and go out and shoot people. Things happened, but it it seems to me that I guess maybe what I'm concerned about is that we've lost the ability to deal with a lot of our rights responsibly in so many ways. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Jeter in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Jeter. What are your thoughts on our uh, topic here? Jeter? All right, Jeter, we'll put you on hold there, and uh, we'll check on you and come back to you in just a second. You know, our last caller, Richard, he talked about uh, guns in church, you know, and a few, right before the pandemic, you know, there were quite a few shootings going on in uh, uh, churches and other places. You know, I think now that maybe the pandemic is, um, you know, over, at least as far as, uh, you know, most of the you know, people are going out like they uh, they used to. Um, a lot of these shootings are, are back at the same place they were before. And we've had people in our church who I know carry guns. And one time I did have a meeting with them and I said, hey, uh, don't, uh, don't be shooting at each other. You know, make sure you're sitting in a place where uh, you're going to actually uh, hit somebody if they came in and not hit somebody else, you know, and they were pretty strategic about it. I think that maybe you'd be surprised. A lot of churches have had that conversation with parishioners who legally hopefully are having guns. Now I had some people, I had several people come up to me when that was going on and say they wanted to volunteer to get their concealed permit, concealed carry permit so that they could have a gun at church and protect us. And that kind of made me nervous. Like it was an interesting thing because as a pastor, and these things going on. I was glad that I had two police officers uh, in there who were watching the scene and sitting in a place strategically and who were trained. And, you know, if somebody were to come in, uh, they would hopefully do something about it. But the number of people who came to me eager to get their permit, uh, just because that was becoming a thing and we were asking questions about security at church, you know, there's a few people I thought the reason you want one is because you think it's really cool, not because you just want to do the right thing here. 
This is a hard subject, I think, as, uh, you know, as believers. And what I, I hope that we do, you know, there's no, there's no Bible verse necessarily about uh, gun control, right? Uh, where, you know, should people have a gun or should they not have a gun? Uh, I don't know that you could argue one way or the other, but you can definitely argue about how to go forward, that we need to be a culture of, of nonviolence. You know, I don't, think, I don't think Jesus is a pacifist. It's a whole other discussion, but uh, he definitely was for nonviolence. And uh, there are better ways to resolve our disputes and the anger that we have in our culture today at each other. The re- and we get mad over stupid things. You know, the, the people who have done shootings or gotten crazy in a drive through because they got onions on their hamburger and they didn't want any onions, uh, we struggle as a culture that way. And all of these things going on, it comes back to something I think that as, as Christian people, we need to realize is that we have an influence on culture. This is part of, part of discipleship is this. We want people to be saved. We want people to know that Jesus is the Savior, and we want people to follow Jesus. When that happens, people get the Holy Spirit, and when that happens, you, you start, people start to get the fruit of the Spirit. They grow, okay? They grow spiritually. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control. I might have skipped one in there, okay? But if you're growing in those areas, and if more people are growing in those areas, you're going to have less violence. You're going to have less people just going off when something crazy goes on. You're going to have less people mad about things that don't really matter. And this is an area for us to think about as the church just in general, that we need to have responsible Christ followers who are growing in each one of the spiritual uh, fruit. Uh, there's more verses in the Bible about spiritual gifts but the whole Bible is about fruit of the Spirit. And you don't just pick one. You, you might be gifted in one area or another and have a spiritual gift that way, but everybody who's a believer should be growing in all the spiritual gifts. That's the way the Holy Spirit is developing us. And when that happens, a lot of these issues get a lot smaller. A lot of the differences of opinion that we might have about guns or about gun laws or about how we feel about carrying a gun or those things, those things get a lot smaller when we trust that people in society are are growing more. The Christians are growing more. They're more influential. You know, when we and we become a culture that's less about death and violence. That's something that hopefully we are seeing with the abortion ruling here. You know, a big question is: Is there going to be a lot of violence after that ruling? You know, I think that there's some some possibility of that. But something I've noticed is the the crowds outside the Supreme Court, the pro-choice crowd in particular, are pretty small. And I'm wondering if maybe we're not on that page the same way that we used to, that maybe we have a little better opinion about that. We'll find out. We'll talk about that more later as soon as we get that uh, as soon as we get that ruling. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back with you in just a couple of moments. Go to KKLA.com if you're listening on 99.5 KKLA.com. Lots of stuff on the website there, KPRZ.com in San Diego. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.